You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4-6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 361. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my stand-in co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Eck. Good to have you on, Mud. Good afternoon. Yeah, great to be here again. So, uh, yeah, John, again, couldn't make it, but I'm glad you're always, almost always available. Thank you. Um, keeps me from being so lonely. Yeah, you know, I, I got to keep you sane, so I'm yeah, here. And, and I know that at least with you around, there's someone to, to keep me humble, just like John does. I, I would never, <laughs> never say anything negative. <laughs> you. Never. Never, ever. No, to your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, all right, let's jump into some news here. Um, we've got lots to share today. I'm uh, not sure we're going to get to it all, but we're going to try. So the first is about indexing issues. Um, it was a Search Engine Land article. I believe it was from uh, Barry Schwartz. Uh, so essentially, it's a bit of a, uh, a recap of what happened over the last while. If you've been listening to the show, if you've got a website, you probably noticed there's been some issues with indexing some issues with pages not being found, pages being lost, rankings just completely disappearing, et cetera. Well, apparently Google did lose a part of its index as part of a quote unquote deployment issue. Um, in addition, as a result of that, Search Console data was messed. So Google annotated the Google Search Console to show users that an issue occurred at a specific date. So this way, if they're looking back and they see some serious drops, they can see there's a notation that uh, something happened. So at least they can add some clarity to that issue, which yes, as Scott, I know we just love not having that clarity because drives us crazy. Anyway, um, there Google is going to try to remedy its reporting policies, I guess, to let everyone know faster when these issues occur. Uh, they did apparently use Twitter a lot to try and get the word out, but, you know, it's Twitter. I mean, it doesn't exactly get to everyone. Anyways, they're going to explore more ways to quickly share the information uh, within Search Console. Uh, and they're also going to um, post to the Search Console data anomalies page when relevant. Um, if the disturbance is going to be seen over the long term in Search Console data. Now, I'm just taking that from Barry's writing here. Um, and of course, they're going to continue tweeting as quickly as they can about such issues. Now, uh, I, I highlighted tweeting here in my notes because this is important. Um, for me, frankly, I would have sort of sort of thought that Search Console would be the first place you would get notified, but it's not. So if you're not following Google on Twitter, looks like there's an extra reason why you should be. Uh, at least get notices to your phone if there's anything posted, if you're really, really worried. Um, otherwise just, uh, just monitor it. 
It cracks me up. I know. They're using Twitter. Uh, they don't even yeah, own it. Kind yeah, of you know, I, I kind of get why they might not send a message out to everybody in Search Console because then it's almost borderline spam if they're sending out these constant uh, uh, console messages, right? But they almost need like a some kind of Twitter-like feed within Search Console that you can look at if you want to, but is their own property. I don't know. I don't know how they could do it, but I feel like using Twitter is maybe not the best way. Mm, I think so. I'm not yeah. Sure. I mean, I guess it is a platform a lot of people use. So I can see why they're doing it, and I'm I'm happy they're not just sticking to their own platforms. But um, it'd be nice if they did in other places. And I don't know. I don't think notifying anyone through your Google search console is going to be a spam. You could always, they could always add um, various levels of notification too. Do you want to be notified of everything or only urgent stuff or whatever? If it's everything, well, you'll get what you want. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I guess what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about it in terms of, you know, an active Twitter account is posting constantly. So how many messages a day might you get, you know? And so from that perspective, it might be a pain, but yeah, if you can pick and choose everything that you want in a notification setting, then it, uh, it seems logical. Yeah. I mean, things like this seem easy to us, but half the time I wonder if they're running Google my business on their 5% time. <laughs> <laughs> or half, half of their 5% time or, or everything. I mean, not just Google my business. Um, when it comes to reporting, you know, anything that's user side, it just seems to take forever to get anything added. Um, anyway, uh, at least they're acknowledging that these things are, are, are going to need some improvement. Now, uh, Barry, Barry um, based these answers on a post within Google. So um, if you go to his post, you'll find the link directly to the official article describing all the situation in much more detail. Next up, we have a new search engine. How exciting. Um, <laughs> except that it uh, will have really no effect on anyone except uh, perhaps the Chinese audience. Um, sure, we have a lot of people in China that listen. Um, <laughs> TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, is launching a search engine called Totiao. Now, Totiao, and I'm pronouncing that right because we looked it up, um, is essentially a news-based um, search engine. Uh, but it will be censored because it is in the China in China. So really very little use to anyone here. However, there is a chance it could take a bit of a bite, pardon the pun, out of Baidu. Uh, small market. Oh, mind you, they got a huge market there. But uh, so it's, it's big news in China. If you're doing any marketing out that way, this is uh, something to keep in mind. Uh, however, it is very new. Um, we don't know how it's going to fare. All right. Pardon me. Uh, yawning. I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Monday. Um, local SEO news. I'm kind of making this a segment now. It's become so constant. Just This is obviously more than just a fledgling marketplace. It's absolutely massive. It's huge for any business with any kind of storefront or any local presence. So I think it's an important part of our, our show now. And uh, let's start with the first bit here. Um, uh, again, I get a lot of this from the local search forum.com. Uh, it's a website, I believe, uh, Joy Hawkins at Sterling Sky purchased. Uh, anyway, she's doing a great job of keeping it up and keeping it busy. And it is really busy. In any case, uh, there's a few points of note here. One is that uh, men someone mentioned that all 
125 locations that he manages within his Google My Business account, his agency account, were suspended. Very suspicious, right? You, you see that many get done at once that there's something very odd going on. It's not just one or two, it's all of them. Um, and Joey Hawkins, and I'm quoting this, says, I can confirm that I've seen several cases lately where edits on Google Maps that are deemed spammy cause an account level suspension in Google My Business, unquote. Now, what this means, apparently, is that if for some reason edits you've been making, um, if you are a manager of all these particular accounts, um, are deemed spammy, uh, Again, I think that's so subjective since Google sucks at determining spam and local. Um, you can, and again, this is such overreach, overkill. Apparently, if you get a bit of a, a black mark and you're managing each other's profiles, these, all the other profiles can be suspended. Uh, it's completely unreasonable and unfair to any business. Um, I, I just don't get it, especially if these, these companies have as far as Google can tell, a good reputation. I don't know. What do you think they're thinking? You know, I, I can kind of see their side of things a little bit. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with a whole account-wide suspension, but let's say you're managing these 125 locations. And I don't know the situation here. I have no idea what he's actually been doing. Maybe he's been totally above board and it's great. Um, but what if he's actually going out there and proposing edits to all his clients, competitors, that could potentially harm them doing some black hat negative SEO type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, now there's no indication that he's actually doing this. So I want to make that clear that I'm not accusing him, but if he is doing that, would that not put some responsibility and it, it would kind of affect his level of authority and, and his ability to manage those locations he's managing and maybe they should be penalized for it. I don't um, think they should be. I think his account should be. Well, the, the client manager, like the account, yeah, he account. shouldn't yeah. be able to access his Google My Account business account, or at least he can, but he can't access any of those profiles. But they should all be sacrosanct. I mean, it's as much as he may be managing them, quote unquote, um, that doesn't mean he's been doing anything nefarious to all of them. And they're they're little businesses. They've got their own world that they have to, you know, yeah. paying their bills. I don't know. It just I guess that's true depending on how the spam is connected to those locations. If it's totally irrelevant then yeah. yeah, I guess we don't have enough information to fully judge. It's very true. Yeah. But, um, you know, I could see potential where it's warranted and, but on the surface, probably not. Mm -hmm. He definitely seems to be overkill. Um, as much as we can try to see their point, uh, it's definitely a little overkill. All right, well, let's take a quick break. We come back. We're going to uh, share a bit more of the uh, local SEO news. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business -business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. 
Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. And my company senior SEO, Scott Fanak. Okie So next up, uh, there's been a big update on how hotels are managed on Google My Business. So any hotel owners out there, You've probably seen the changes. If you're, if you're not monitoring your Google Search Console, you should be aware of them, though. Um, they've deleted a bunch of categories. Uh, this was intended, and they're not coming back. I don't know what those are exactly. I'm sure a little more digging would um, show that up, but uh, you'll have to do that yourself, I'm afraid. Um, some of the attributes have gone missing. This is a bug. Some users can't add the hotel category. Again, a bug. Posts are randomly showing up as an option but you still can't post another bug. I see a trend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, however, there is a new attributes layout. So this is where you can note amenities um, that are showing up in the Google My Business dashboard, I think for everyone, but that is perhaps a stretch. Last week it was not showing for everyone, at least internationally. Um, it could be that it's only showing in the wild in the States, but uh, it allows you to, kind of go through a huge checklist of different amenities versus picking and choosing uh, by search. I think it's a much improved uh, layout. Let's just hope this make it stick around. I, I don't know. I can't gamble on anything with their setups. Everything's changing so much. Um, next up, Google My Business bulk insights appear to be broken at this point. At least I should say this is as of August 7th, and I cannot see any news yet about it being reactivated, and I didn't get a chance to look at it. Um, it is yet another thing, though, that uh, seems to be fritzing nowadays. Anyways, so if you try to, to give an idea of what I'm talking about here, if you try to go into Google My Business and download the insights, which is the data, uh, the traffic, time of day, all the different things about uh, the visitor, all the visitor data that Google My Business has tracked, um, you can't do it. Uh, there's been some problems with that, at least for any length of time. I th you might be able to do it for seven days, but I think if you try and go past that, it's not working. I saw various uh, discussions about how widespread and how in-depth that is. All right, next up is 
uh, a bright local study. Now, I was telling Scott I had this noted to dig into and read, but I didn't get a chance. Yet you did a bit. So tell us a little about this. I actually happened to read it. Imagine that. Um, Yeah, so Bright Local did a study, and there was a bit of a write-up on it in, uh, I believe it was Search Engine Land that I saw it. I may be incorrect there, but I think that's where it was. And I guess it would be published at Bright Local as well. Anyways, they noted a correlation between the quantity of images within your Google My Business profile and the level of views and user interaction with your profile. Um, so, and generally what their data is showing is that businesses with over 100 images tied into their account are outperforming those with less. It seems that a, around 100 is the threshold where it makes a big difference. Um, now... <laughs> One way that won't help is if you just go into your account and upload 100 random images. So don't just go start starting to do that. Um, They're saying that the images really need to illustrate customer experience. So you can upload them yourself or you can have, uh, you know, your customers go in and and post them and that sort of thing. Uh, But they really need to illustrate that customer experience. So one example might be if you're a car dealership, um, you know, you, you get your new customer in front of their new car smiling, you take a picture of them and either you upload that photo or they upload that photo. Um, it'd be great for realtors if you sell a house, they're standing in front of their house. Uh, uh, maybe if you're a, a renovator and you've renoed somebody's bathroom and they're standing smiling in their bathroom, uh, that sort of thing. You know, photos that illustrate Pants something. on. Yeah, definitely with your pants on. Absolutely. <laughs> um, please. Um, I don't know about some industries. I mean, some industries are certainly going to be a lot easier. The car dealership one is kind of an obvious one. I think most customers would be happy to have their photo taken with their new car. It's an mm-hmm. exciting moment. Yeah, let's do it. Take a photo. Um, some industries like law firms, maybe not so much. Um, <laughs> unless maybe you get a giant blown up settlement check and they're taking a photo. Counseling. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I guess there are options there. But there were a couple examples written in the article and I wish I had the article in front of me so I could say who wrote it, but I don't, unfortunately. Um, but one it's of the suggestions... Yeah. Pretty local, at least we know that much. Yeah, we know that much. Uh, one of the suggestions were... Uh, was to try to have a place in your business that is conducive to selfies. Uh, I'm not a selfie guy myself. I think I've taken two in my life and against my will. But a lot of people take selfies. So if you have a cool spot with some neat artwork, maybe some uh, uh, a nice seating area, green space, a garden, some place where people saw it like, oh, I want to take a picture of that and have a selfie in it. Um, those would be great photos to contribute to that. So now, of course, that's not as simple as asking someone to take a photo that, you know, it's a little bit of work required behind the scenes to make that happen. But, um, you know, the, the gist of it is, though, the more photos you can get, potentially the better. But again, this is all co- a correlation. This doesn't guarantee things are going to be better, but um, they are seeing that those high levels of images are working quite well. So, yeah, and in this study, which I did find while you were talking there, um, it's called the Google My Business Insight Study. Uh, published July 15th. I believe that's the one you're referring to. Um, it actually mentions other th- uh, some other findings as well. It's As usual, um, Bright Local has done a good job. It's um, written by Rosie Murphy over at Bright Local. Anyway, it's uh, very detailed. I'm looking forward to actually delving into this. I'm going to make time for it somehow. That's uh, true. I haven't actually read the full study, so I'll have to do that. I just saw the uh, the notes in Search Engine Land about it. Yeah. So the study itself will have a lot more detail if you go direct to the source. Yeah, they may have cherry-picked something really good out of it. Um, who knows? But there's always little nuggets of interest here. 
All right, thanks. So um, I guess the one question I would have about that is whether or not it's better if, and I expect it is, if the customer posts it or the owner posts it. Yeah, I didn't see a direct response to that sort of question. Um, I would assume user submitted photos would be better. Yeah. Um, it kind of seems obvious to me, but they uh, they might in the full study at brightlocal.com. It might be in there. And I ha like I said, I haven't read that part yet. So Yeah. And the other thing is too, you have to classify the photo or find the proper category for it when you're posting it, if you are posting it yourself. So just remember that. Um, again, I was doing that not long ago, but for all I know, that's changed again. Anyways, that's how it was when I last used Google My Business and uploaded a photo. I've got to do that once we are, I'm waiting to do that for actually for our office. I just need, you know, it's always, there's always something else to improve before I want to do the photos. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, I need to paint that trim or I need to hang a clock there or something. I don't know. We're going to get a bunch of rentals done soon. So, all right. Uh, last piece of local news, uh, reservations and, um, and augmented reality navigations are coming to Google Maps. Now, already, of course, there are elements of reservations and stuff that, that are in there. You can put your own links in and such. So I'm not exactly certain. That wasn't really what attracted me to this article. What did attract me, though, was the fact that uh, the augmented reality looked damn cool. It's overdue. Um, for those who don't know what that means, essentially, um, they, I'll use the example they provide. If you're in Paris and you want to know where you're going, um, let's say you choose something on your phone. I'm going to this. I'm going to the Eiffel Tower from where I am. <laughs> Obviously, you can see it, but I've been in Paris. It's not quite that simple to get there, necessarily. Anyways, um, use your phone to choose it. Then you could hold up your phone and look at your display, which will show what's in front of you using the camera, but it'll add augmented data. So it'll have arrows pointing, go this way to go here and then take a left after 20 meters. So you can hold it up and look, you know, I think it's a fantastic way to get hit by a car, but. Um, <laughs> you, you might find some Pokemon though. <laughs> That'd be great when they team up. <laughs> Oh my God. Little Pokemon, little people looking around corners at you, freaking you out. You just yeah. follow, follow, uh, uh, the yellow dude. What's Pikachu. You just follow him down the street until he, <laughs> until he gets to where you're going. Um, anyways, I love the idea of uh, augmented reality. It's no question whatsoever. A, a, a future, a part of our future, uh, certainly not necessarily through a phone, but through glasses. Uh, it's just not quite here yet. Anyway, this is just uh, another peek at how it can be done. And it's going to further improve the benefit of Google My Business. It's yet another reason why people will be using Google, uh, which is great for anyone who does have that uh, exposure on Google My Business. And if you don't, get your button gear and start working on it. Get those reviews. Make sure you've completed your Google My Business profile as much as possible. You know, Google first gives you a kind of a, uh, a rating as you're building it. Like, okay, you've got three out of four things done or whatever it is. Uh, uh, again, this changes all the time, but they'll usually tell you a progress level of how much you've got left to do to complete your profile. But don't just stop there. Make sure those images are in there like we just talked about. Try and get those photos from uh, customers. Maybe even ask them, hey, do you mind posting a photo of our location we just got here? Um, or it's particularly good light, <laughs> whatever. People usually don't mind at all. Um, in fact, if they're local, um, local business, uh, local guides, sorry, lack of words there, like myself, it's kind of fun. And in fact, if, I've, if I were asked to do this as a local guide, I would hesitate. So uh, anyway, all right. 
Let's uh, take one last break. And when we get back, we've got the Mueller files and a few questions from listeners. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 2019 International Web Award Competition. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Web Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. And the winners go to, well, you'll have to see for yourself. You can't win if you don't enter. Deadline for entries is May 31st, 2019. Go to webaward.org and sign up today. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on purpose. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Fennack. Okay, dokie. So, John Mueller, uh, someone had asked why their page has started to drop, uh, the rankings had dropped. All right, was it ranking? No, sorry. Traffic had dropped after embedding Instagram. Um, and as it turns out, uh, when you embed Instagrams, the images are in kind of a iframe or essentially what you've done is you've, you've for the layman's out there, you've created a, a block or an area of your page that shows image and content info from another website, another URL. So it's not truly on your hosted in your site. It's just like a portal to that other page. Um, and anyways, uh, when these embeds are used, Instagram is including a no index tag. So those images aren't being attached to your content anymore, um, if it ever did. Uh, but in this case, if you're using that embed, those images aren't giving you any benefit and you will drop in terms of image traffic to your website. 
Uh, to quote uh, Glenn Gabe, he gave an excellent summary, summary of this. Uh, he says, uh, to quote, switch from normal embedded images to Instagram embeds and see a big drop in image search traffic. That's because Instagram uses iframes and the meta robots tag uses no image index, unquote. So uh, a workaround, how I would do it anyway, I don't know. I haven't done this myself, but uh, my first instinct would be to take a screenshot of how it looks on Instagram and save that and post it on your site and then link to the Instagram, the live page. I don't know. Is that what you would do, Scott? Yeah, I, it's tricky because, you know, embedding it is so easy. You know, it, it just sort of helps automate everything, but it, it's not the best for SEO. So I guess it depends on what mm -hmm. your main goals are. Yeah, if image search traffic is a benefit, something you really want to build, and I think it's a good idea because, uh, as I've said in earlier ep uh, episodes, uh, Gary Eish from Google has been stressing that image-based search is a priority for them right now. So I, have, I suspect traffic from it is going to increase significantly over the next year or two. Uh, and probably how that traffic interconnects with content. So it's not just image. Maybe they'll try and push you into the content or get you to use it more. Of course, Google's all about just delivering a result. They don't really care if they do anything on your website. But I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? All I can say is there is some thought that should be put into whether or not you want your images indexed and how much traffic you want for them. So I think this is good info and good, good piece of uh, news to share. All right, questions. The first one's from Elijah Everson. It says, hi all, I have a tour operator company that launches from several sites around Florida. Unfortunately, Google has closed the Google My Business locations for each of their launch spots. Their customers need to be able to find their locations. Anyone have any experience with this? <sighs> okay, so this is not an uncommon question. I, I get it occasionally from clients who have service area businesses. Um, there is an example of one, um, it's actually called Jet Boat Miami. Um, in their case, they have an address where they actually say, we're inside the Sea Isle Marina. Uh, so in that specific instance, they haven't given a birth address or anything like that. I've never seen this before. All I know is it's there and it's working for them. Um, they've got lots of reviews, they've got their hours, their phone number, and they have an appointment link that goes to their site, but the address literally says inside the Seattle Marina and then gives the rest of the address info for Seattle Marina. I don't know if this will hold up, whether it's gray area or not, but that's one of the examples I saw. Um, if each of your boat launches or where you want to show, I don't know how you're going to get around that. I don't think that will work. Um, boat launches typically don't have their own address. If you show something nearby, again, it won't hold any water if there's no signage. Uh, I really think you, you're, you're in a, a bad position there. Um, but as is typical with any of these more advanced questions uh, where there's more cutting edge, uh, Google has just not gotten to this stuff yet. I, I'm not even sure they have a best practices in this case. Um, if they do, uh, it's worth uh, digging in deeper. Again, I didn't have the time to do that. Um, there's only so much we have to get this show on the road. But uh, it is something worth looking into if you can find anything. Um, perhaps go to the local forum.com and post a question about this, uh, Elijah. Uh, it's a very good question, and I'm afraid 
as we'll see coming up, there's another side of that story as well. Uh, and a future question from Chris. So, uh, yep. I was going to say, I've, while you were saying that, I was just looking up a, a local charter in Comox, where I live, a guy that I've gone out fishing with a few times, a nice guy, to see what his looked like. And he's got a slip in the Comox Marina, and his listing simply shows the address of the marina. It doesn't mention the slip or anything more specific than that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'd be curious to see if uh, other charters that are out of the same marina are doing the same thing. Exactly. And, and I wonder, too, how much the... Um, signage aspect has any benefit or has any requirement when you're at a marina uh, you know oftentimes it's not a problem you know if you're active operating at a marina there are signs somewhere saying uh, go to this or whatever the name of the guy is his his boat uh, charters is on the on like whatever uh, it's going to be there really easy for people to see. It's going to have an arrow. So there's something that can be taken a photo of and it can prove to Google that you do in fact exist there and you're not just actually dropping off a boat um, in the local launch and pretending to be in the marina. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that do that. Uh, the fact is Google doesn't police this stuff well. So unfortunately, that is the way it is. Next up, Brenda Michelin. She says, ads in a claim to Google My Business is simply unacceptable. She includes an image of, uh, an ex I, I guess this is her business. Um, and I'll bring it up myself. I can see you just did there, Scotty. What is it called? Um, Mom's Pierogies. And it's got an example of, of the classic Google My Business listing, but between where it says website direction save and then Google reviews and the type of restaurant it is between that and the address. There's a big ad that says DoorDash delivery, get mom's pierogies delivered to your home or office order. Now this, I, I firmly believe this is just yet an, another example of Google's partnerships with these delivery services. Um, they have them because they make money off them. They have to monetize Google, my business. So it's not a big surprise. This has come, but I can't disagree with you, Brenda. It's, it's, it is a bit hard to see, especially if they have nothing, no connection to you. And if perhaps you offer your own delivery service, they're undercutting you and they're not giving you the opportunity to keep that, get to get your own showing up there. The same thing is happening with hotels. They can't get people to go directly to their hotel to reserve because Google's showing reservation options for their partners and not the actual hotel. That's a huge hit. The amount of money they lose from that is dramatic. Uh, and it's very frustrating to hotels. Uh, so this, this is not new. This is not something we're going to see an end of anytime soon. I think we're just going to see more and more of it. I'm sorry to say. All right. Next is one from Chris. Chris is actually a friend and client of ours, but uh, I, I love that he posted some questions here. So first he says, I own a fishing tackle shop that has a marine co marina connected to it. We offer fishing charters from there. Several competitors have been able to use the public boat ramp in their Google My Business listings. Two of the local three-pack have the public ramp address. Oh, there, there you go. They have an address. Sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. I believe they need to have an actual location to be in the local pack. If that's true, what do I do about it? Is it even worth worrying about or should I just put more time into other things to get better rankings? Yeah. So what I thought was this is a perfect mirror image to the question we got from Elijah. So there's the other side. Is this fair? You know, Chris is spending a significant amount of money to have a physical location. Elijah isn't. 
um, or that his client isn't, I should say. Um, so who, how can this be done fairly? I've got the same thing. I noticed one of my competitors in Victoria has most definitely created a fake listing for his business. Um, he's kind of someone I know, so I don't know what to do about it. But um, it, it, anyways, it, it, it is happening all the time in every marketplace. Um, and essentially what they're doing is it is a fake listing. Can they really get away with that? Um, what they should be saying is a service area as far as I know. But again, is that catching up with times? Is Google behind on that? I think they are. They need to have a better system in place for that. Um, and perhaps having the boat launches as their um, addresses is not an unreasonable thing to do. Although I would suspect having multiple ones is a little bit overkill. And that looks spammy. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's really a tough one. Um, and I can actually, I can think of other examples where this sort of thing would apply, like food trucks, for instance, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, where you don't have a permanent fixed address, but you're using that location. Well, and there is actually, you mentioned food trucks, there is actually a standard for that. So you think it would be something, they could use something similar. Yeah. Um, I, I can totally see both sides of this perspective. If I'm paying for a slip, I why should you get free exposure when you're just using a public boat ramp that anyone else can, you know, pay 10 bucks for and use. Mm -hmm. But if I'm using the boat ramp, you know, like I'm still operating out of that location, whether I'm paying rent or not, and I want my customers to be able to find me, I, I don't think there's any way to keep both sides happy. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know. This is a very specific example to say that maybe Google just doesn't want to choose sides because I, I don't think they even. I think it's just, they haven't got to this. There's yeah, like just, there's too many things they're doing. They're, they've got such a mess they're dealing with. Um, it is really a travesty. <laughs> a spam that's in there. Um, and this is probably a low issue for them because uh, they're not, yeah. Maybe these perspective, I think. Maybe these days we could just answer the question and say, yeah, it's a bug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just add it to another bug. Well, I, bug. Think, I think in this case, I, I'd like to research this a little more because uh, I. I Obviously, there's some question here from both sides, and I think they're both valid. And I'm going to ask uh, Joy about it, perhaps, or even after I've done a little of my own research on it. All right, one last question. It's from Chris again. He says, recently, one of my competitors went out of business. Pretty good timing because their domain has expired and is now available. Is it worth it or a good idea to buy it and redirect it to my site? It's not a particularly good domain, so I wouldn't want it for any other reason. I would not want to do anything black hat. This feels kind of like it would be part two. The closed business still has its Google, my business account active, even though several people and local guides have suggested an edit stating it's closed. Is there anything else that can be done about that? So first of all, uh, well, I'll say the quickest answer is part two. Um, if there's, if they are closed, then just make sure you state it's closed Enough people say it, it will happen. Um, if you know a local guide, make sure they do it someone with more authority generally has more effect on whether or not that is applied. Um, to your first question, Chris, is it a good idea to buy it and retro to your site, redirect it to your site? If you do, um, as long as you know that that site has good reputation, hasn't been doing anything negative, um, there's really no downside to it. Uh, I'm sure John would say otherwise. He's always good at finding little niggly details here, but um, I don't know. John, Scott, do you think, think of any downside? I, yeah, same with what you had mentioned. Yeah, if, if they're already having a history of spamming or, or doing black hat stuff or anything bad, I, I would definitely look into their link profile and, and try to confirm that there's nothing 
bad there, like penalties or anything like that, right? Or even a bad review reputation. You know, maybe it's a bad company. Do you really want to be connected to it? On the flip, the flip side, maybe you check their backlinks and they've got tons of amazing ones that you can't get otherwise. And maybe you'll get a bit of value from that. Yeah, maybe. Or at least short term. Um, Google's pretty sensitive about allowing that kind of information or that kind of um, benefit to pass along. So who knows if it really will. But I see no downside if it's going to cost you a few bucks and really, what is it? If it's up for renewal, it could be as cheap as $20. Do it. Um, just use a, a redirect and Bob's your uncle. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that was a lot we, we shared today. So on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook group, easily found by searching SEO 101 podcast on Facebook. If you enjoyed the show, we'd also appreciate any feedback on the Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast stream. We're everywhere, and we do listen to your reviews. So thank you so much. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Great. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember to have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs>